You're listening to Aesthetically Speaking. On this podcast, we're talking about all things branding, logos, colors, fonts, and the strategy behind it all. It seems like these days it's easier than ever to build an audience, but harder than ever to stand out online. My name's Rebecca, and I'm a brand strategist and designer. I'm here with my sister, Abby, a lawyer who needs a creative outlet. Together, we're going to talk about how to bring your brand to life. You're listening to Aesthetically Speaking. Aesthetically speaking, 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 speaking. speaking. (laughs) Uh, Yes, we do. All our own special effects. (laughs) Okay, so I had an experience that made me think about the podcast this week. Okay. Which isn't rare because every moment of every day I'm thinking, (laughs) could I use this for the podcast? I know. It's actually been really good for me to have something to think about. That's not just like the woes of my regular life. It's good for me to have a place to talk about these things that no one really wants to hear, but I can just force them out into the universe. Yes. I'm like, as it turns out, I have opinions about pretty much everything. Yeah. Anyway, so what was your thought that made you think of the podcast? Okay. So I need you to suspend your judgment for a little bit, just for a moment. Suspend it. So this... Um, this past weekend, my coworkers got together and we played for the first time Dungeons and Dragons. Oh, I've so actually I've never, never played Dungeon and Dungeons and Dragons. Yeah. Okay. I hadn't either. And I, one of my coworkers is into it. He's like in a group. They, I think they play over Zoom because they live in different states, but they uh-huh. like routinely come together and have one of these role play experiences. So the the real shocking thing to me was that I like really liked it. Oh, okay. And I was thinking about like my my preconceived notions about Dungeons and Dragons or D and D as they D&D. call it in the biz. Those D&D. who know, yeah. So I was like, why why did I think this would be so painful? And I think in my mind, I associate D and D is in the same category for me as people who are really into Star Wars and Lord of the Rings. Mm-hmm. And people who are really into Settlers of Catan. I was going to say, it makes me think of Settlers of Catan, in which I have always just hated. Yeah, like people who are nerdy and fantasy-oriented, mm-hmm. but also love rules. Yes, it's a combination of, like, they love the weird fantasy things, but also, like, detail people. Yes. And so... I We had an enjoyable experience. We did not finish the campaign, so we might have to come back and do it later. But I was thinking afterwards, I was like, if someone had pitched this to me and said, hey, we're going to play an improv game mm. or we're going to do a like a, a character based performance art yeah. or a creative writing exercise that was exactly the same, I would have been like, OK. Yeah, you would have been all over that. Right. I like I like all of those things. I can do that. But for some reason, like the way it was pitched to me and like all of the like LARPing, cosplay, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. like mildly pornographic drawings of elves. All oh of my that gosh. is not what I'm into. Yes. But it turns out not everything, not everything is that extreme or like that, I don't know, fantasy nerd Comic-Con type thing. So this made me think about branding. Mm-hmm. I was going to say, the whole reason that you think that you won't like Dungeons and Dragons is because of the way it's branded and designed. Yeah. Like the typeface alone, I'm like, mm, that looks like not for yeah, me. Yeah, exactly. You're like, eh, that's not mine. Yeah. But I was wondering, are there other are there other brands that if you pitch them 
in a slightly different way would have a broader audience or at least a different audience, right? Yeah, that's a really good question. I feel like almost everything is that is that is a cop out answer, but I'll take it. It is a cop out answer because like everything that we buy, even things that we think that we're like, oh, I'm buying it because it's not branded. Interesting is actually branded. Like, okay, bear with signature select ice cream. Yes, bear with me here. This is like a little bit meta, but. I really think that there is no such thing as no design. There is only good design and bad design. Okay. Like even the things that we think of as like, oh, there's just no design. It's just like generic. Like I think of the brand, The Ordinary Skincare, Mm -hmm. where it's like just very generic design. I'm like, no, 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 that's not no design. That's just like Helvetica, right? Right. Like that's just very, very good design. It's very simple, but like. When people are like, I, d- I don't want it to be designed. I'm like, oh, so you just want it to look ugly? Because mm-hmm. like anything that looks good has been designed. Even, I mean, I would argue even things that maybe look ugly have been designed. But back to your original question of things that we. Maybe maybe I'll give you like an example. Yeah. If you were, if you were trying to pitch. If you were rebranding McDonald's. Oh, yeah. To be a high end restaurant, right? For mm-hmm. I'm thinking of like. A, a signature place on the Vegas Strip that's like, this is the flagship restaurant of this famous chef. Yes. But the products are the same. Right. Yeah, like, how would I do that? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think there's like, if you're just talking about what the graphics look like, like you would change the font. You could either do some like super sparse, minimal like McDonald's. Still Helvetica, but like all caps, super spaced out. Okay. If you wanted to go, I mean, this is obviously a little cheeky because you couldn't name something this and not have it mean what it means. But imagine in like the fanciest calligraphy font or like a signature like Mickey D's. (laughs) (laughs) You know, where it has like chef Mickey D's. Yes, exactly. But like even like when you say like you can kind of picture it in your mind, right? That like it's like more austere. So there's like less yes. colors. Like McDonald's is all about like super saturated, bright colors. This would be like very simple, very minimal. And then my other thing, like when you go beyond just the graphics of it and like how do you actually expand your brand? Think about the design of the restaurant. Like McDonald's, I don't know if they're like redoing all of the McDonald's in Vegas, but in Dallas. All of them are getting remodeled to like this kind of modern, like chairs that are swivel stools with no backs Mm. and like more of like a playful type vibe. If they were going for like a bougie vibe, right? Like they would dim the lights. Yeah. They would take out all the booths. So it would just be tables with tablecloths. Yeah. You know, they would have some kind of like plastic abstract, like shimmery wall art. Mm. as opposed to like on ours they have some mural where it's like a french fry that is also like a giraffe's head like (laughs) (laughs) like it's i we went to mcdonald's yesterday so i'm like oh this is actually very relevant you're well aware yeah i I was also thinking like without having to change any of mcdonald's menu i think you just have to be like this is a commentary on consumerism 
yes. and mass production and yes. like returning you to the familiar through something unfamiliar. Yes. And people would be like, oh, yes, the burgers. Yes. We always joke about like tonight we're going to serve our children a delicious dinner of hand breaded chicken and panko breadcrumbs with a <laughs> ranch glaze, like make it sound all fancy. It's like, yeah, this is chicken nuggets is what we're with serving our kids. Hidden Valley aioli. <laughs> yes. Yes, exactly. I was going to say the other brands that are super interesting to me because we were talking about this before we hit record. I'm wearing a shirt from Sam's Club, which I love. And it's super interesting to me that Costco has branded itself as like the cool warehouse brand and Sam's Club is like the loser warehouse brand. But how do they get to be that way? They are literally the same. I mean, part of it is that Sam's Club is from Walmart and mm, Walmart has it is It is Sam's Club? Exactly. Oh my gosh. Did not know. Yeah, that's what it is. And so like, Walmart has literally their entire brand is cheap. Not and I don't say that in like a bad way, like that is their business model. I read or maybe I heard somewhere that they have a profit margin of less than 1%. Really? Like they So they do have not, to sell such high volume? Exactly. Like they don't make a lot oh. of money because like they have high profit margins, they make a lot of money because they sell so much stuff. Dang. So like that has obviously trickled down into Sam's Club. Yeah. But I also think that there's something about the color blue when it's used correctly feels really sophisticated. And when it's used kind of like in a cheesy way or with the wrong colors, Mm -hmm. it can feel really cheap. Like it's kind of this like dual edged sword because I think of like Target and Costco are both going for like a red vibe. Yeah. And Walmart and Sam's Club are all about the blue vibe. And I think it just feels. Does it feel blue collar? Like, is that what the origination? I think a little bit, but it's super interesting because like there's a Costco that's maybe like 30 minutes away from us. It's quite a drive. And there's a Sam's Club within five minutes. And like nobody in my neighborhood goes to Sam's Club. Interesting. And I'm just, I'm like, it's literally the exact same. Like you walk in, the layout is the same. The products are the same. The rotisserie chickens are the same. Are the muffins the same? The muffins are the same. S- the same double chocolate muffins. Yes. All right. I'm sold. The only thing they don't have at Sam's Club, which they don't have at Costco either outside of Utah, but those Dunford Bakery Donuts. Mm. I those are really good. Crave those chocolate on chocolate donuts. They're so good, especially when they're a little bit chilled. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't blame you for that. I think the other thing that Costco has done well, which is like a branding messaging type thing, is they've given their memberships classier names. So there's like the gold membership, the executive membership, the business membership. I think I'm a gold member, and I'm the cheapest person there. So right. Right. But I think gold star. Yeah. Gold star. Sam's club doesn't like, it's just, you have a membership or you don't. Interesting. It's more egalitarian in that way. Yeah. Like Sam's club. And it's literally, it's $40 a year for a Sam's club membership. Yeah. Like it's, I don't want to sound snotty, but like, I feel like it's basically free, but I feel like Costco is going for like, Oh, well, like if you're wealthy enough to buy things in bulk, (laughs) then you can be an executive member. And Sam's Club is like, if you're so cheap that you want to buy stuff in bulk, 
interesting. You know what I mean? Do you think they're happy with that split of the market? I would be really curious to know what percentage of the market share Costco has versus Sam's Club. But I don't know. Yeah, interesting. I I think, honestly, other... This is more of a Walmart thing, but I think other grocery store real retailers are shaking in their boots because when Walmart did free grocery pickup, Mm -hmm. a huge percentage of people started shopping at Walmart. Yeah. I mean, that's why we started shopping at Walmart. We didn't particularly... Like, they don't have the best produce by any means, but you can't beat that free pickup. Yeah. And so I think other people are scrambling to try and figure it out. I think that was a super smart move. And Walmart is shaking in their boots because they're trying to compete with Amazon. Like, it's all... Right. You know... Everybody's trying it's to all compete costume. with Amazon. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, but I think that's super interesting. Yeah. Anyways, that was my little anecdote. We can now go on to the main event. Yes. Okay. Can I tell you? Wait, what did you you asked me something before you started recording? Oh, you were like, Do you design all your brands in 20 minutes? What are your clients paying you for? Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> to clarify, I was ready to hop on the Zoom. And so I was like, tippity type, Rebecca, in 15 minutes, I'll get on the Zoom. And she was like, Oh shoot, gotta design Cobb's brand. <laughs> Give me 20 minutes. He didn't say I have to design his. I said I'm designing his brand and I need another 20 minutes. But mm, objection. <laughs> Let's consult the record. In okay, that is I can't remember. That is that is what you said. To be perfectly honest, if I had started designing his brand, I had only just barely started designing his brand. But and also we are uh, not paying you for this work. Yeah, well, also, I'm and a genius, the, so I don't need a lot of time. No, I'm just kidding. Our, our handful of listeners, loyal though they are, have not really contributed very much financially. <laughs> yeah, true that. Here's what I was going to say about that, though, because I just finished a design today, made all the revisions, got feedback from the client. It was like very minor tweaks. And it was interesting because... Sometimes my client, I would say 95% of the time, my clients approve their brand like as is. I think I've talked about this. I have this process, yes. works really well, blah, blah, blah. But this particular client was like, like wanted me to move pixels basically. And was mm-hmm. like, can we move this down? Can we move this up? Can we delete this little block kind of thing on the logo? And I was doing that. That seems, that seems like a lot of minute feedback for someone who I'm assuming is not a designer. Yeah, it's. She's definitely not a designer. And I think some people get like uppity about that. Like, I'm not a pixel pusher. Like, you hired me to be the expert, blah, blah, blah. And I genuinely don't feel that way because- Interesting. A, I'm like, it's super easy to make changes like that. Like little tiny tweaks. What's hard is the concept in general. Okay. And the concept, like we were both totally in alignment on the concept. She loved the concept. She just felt like, and this was specifically a monogram in her name. She was like, I feel like the K is not reading as a K. It's just reading slightly too much as a Y. When you see it, I'd be like, oh, I can see how if you didn't align it that way, it would look like that. So I'm like, the concept is done. Like we want to keep the concept. We just have to arrange the pixels in just the right way that it works. So that's the first thing I'm like. And that's why I'm like, I can do Cobb's brand in 20 minutes because I've literally been brainstorming his concept for the last two years. Interesting. You know, but the other thing is, and the reason that I don't like get bugged by that is A, I have clear boundaries. So if a client was like over and over, move this, move that, do this, do that. Like I can clearly say, 
hey, I'm happy to keep making these changes, but it's outside the scope of this project. Here's what that looks like. Or here's how many hours it would take me to do that. Yeah. Yeah. And like people know that, like people don't want to take advantage of you, you know? So I'm always like, you tell me what you want. I'm a grown up. I can tell you if that's too much or not kind of thing. Right. But I also am still very firmly in the camp of like, my client has the final say. Yeah. And like, I am, I am a branding expert and I am a consultant and I am giving you my best advice. But at the end of the day, this is your business and your brand. And like, I want you to be 100% happy with it. Yeah. And like I said, if I didn't have a great process and I felt like they didn't appreciate me, it would be a different story. But I'm always like, you know, she's always like, I'm so sorry. This is probably such a pain. Like, I just want to see what it would look like if we adjusted this thing two inches over or whatever. And I'm like, I'm totally happy to do that. You are my client. I want to deliver a brand that you love. Right. And I just feel like in the online business space, there's this rise of like, never do anything extra for your clients. Like charge people for everything. Like you are the expert. You know everything. Never let a client tell you what to do. And I'm like, my clients are my business. Right. So I want to make them happy. Yeah. Anyway, it's like this balance. That was more of an explanation than you wanted. But I was also going to say, sometimes I genuinely can design a brand in a very short amount of time if I have thought about it for a long time. Other times it's like, it just takes a lot of trial and error to get it together. So it's not like a, like it's an art. It's not something that I can just like plug in this formula, spit out brand. Right. That makes sense to me. Okay. So normally I introduce the branding challenges, but I feel like it's a little mansplainy for me to talk about Cobb because uh, you're married. (laughs) Yes. Also, you're going to be so disappointed because (laughs) I talked to Cobb about his brand and I was like, I want to do like Cobb the influencer. And as we were talking about it, he was like, you know, would actually be more useful if you did like Cobb the consultant, a side hustle (sighs) brand for me. I know. So I and will. Do- he's right, but just imagining Cobb. I know. With some like trendy Instagram handle. Oh my gosh! Let me. Cobb okay. on TikTok would love. Yes. So let me just indulge you and myself for a hot second and tell you if Cobb was an influencer. Well, okay. Let me back up. Cobb is my Let's husband. Let's Cobb. C O B is the name of Rebecca's husband. Kind of. It's a nickname. Yes, it's a nickname, short for Jacob. J Cobb. You get it. And. He's gone by Cobb since high school, basically. Mm, I thought it was the sixth grade. Well, yeah, he used to. Because there was a Jake and a Jacob and there was only one name left. Yes. And he used to sign his name as J-Cobb. So that's where it came from. But I don't think, I don't think he introduced himself that way in junior high. I think I brought it back in high school. Okay. Because I was like, hey, it's Cobb. And everyone's like, Cobb. I'm like, yeah. Jacob, that's his name. (laughs) Anyway, so I wanted to do like an influencer brand for him because A, I think it would be really fun. And B, I actually think he would be a really great influencer, Mm -hmm. which all the people who would be really great influencers are too self-aware to actually be influencers. Yep. So that's a shame. But if I was going to brand him as an influencer, I would do like the Cobb blog and it would be like, cooking, biking, mechanical watches, knife sharpening, 
pool maintenance, like this, like I can picture this totally eclectic thing. And so what I pictured was a very, um, like black letter, ye oldie English, like typeface. (laughs) And it would say like Cobb and then blog would be like in this handwritten scrawl across it. Cobb Cobb blog. blog. Okay. Yes. Yes. That was like my vision. But since we're not doing that, since Cobb doesn't want to be an influencer and has no need for an influencer brand, I had to do something boring. So let me tell you, I'll give you like a little rundown of the brief that he helped me create because Cobb is in tech consulting, which basically means he's a software developer and he works. I was going to, I was going to try and tell you like the fancy languages or whatever that he works with, but nobody cares. No, he does. None of our listeners care. Yeah. He does lots of your standard software applications, both front end, meaning like what people see and back end where it's like, you're just working with raw data. He once claimed that he could build the Wordle app in, what was it, like one day? Oh, like an hour. He was like, I could build this app in an hour. Where's my million dollars? Yeah, I'm like, yeah, where is my million dollars? Make me an app that will make me a millionaire. Yeah. Thank you very much. <laughs> we're, we're, we're working on it. <laughs> so Cobb works for a company called Paraveda, and they do tech consulting in all over, but the location that he's in is in Dallas. And one of the things that... Cobb really believes, identifies with as a consultant is that you should understand everything. Like you should not be a specialist. You should be a generalist. And that like the best skill that you can have is the skill of understanding problems, like recognizing problems, understanding problems and solving problems. All kinds. Okay. There's a quote that he loves that says something along the lines of like, humans should know how to cook a meal, change a diaper, ride a bike, like all of these things. And then the last line says specialization is for insects. <laughs> okay. Interesting. And I do feel like that kind of captures his like personal personality, which is like, he has a lot of interests. He cares yeah. about a lot of things. He loves his work. He's also like a very good partner, husband, father. Yeah. And so anyway, I feel like that's important also because he's not like super specialized in one data security or I would say if he did have a specialty it would be like the cloud but like he do- he does it all kind of thing in technology right so I wanted to catch when I would add brand. it's definitely true that he's a jack of all trades mm-hmm. um, and also Cobb is very talented and grasps concepts quickly and has advanced a lot in his career but he also isn't someone that is like ego yeah oriented like he doesn't come across as like, I think that I'm the smartest person in the room and I act like I am. Yeah. He very much flies under the radar, gets along with people. I think he'd be great to have on a team. He's not someone that's like, oh, very talented, but like you don't want to be alone in a room with them because they're the worst. Right. Yeah. He's he's definitely understated and he's the person that even difficult people like him. Yes. If yeah, very sense. easy to go along with. I was thinking it would really help us understand Cobb more if you could explain who Cobb is in terms of musical theater roles he has played. Oh my gosh. Well, in terms of musical theater roles he's actually played, he was Detective Chaffee, which is the lead of Curtains, Curtains in our high school musical, our senior year. He was also one of the seven dwarves in Into the Woods. And you might be thinking, 
there are no seven dwarves in Into the Woods. Yeah, it was a made-up chorus part. Yeah, they uh, they really stretched when they were doing that musical. Mm-hmm. They gave lots of people named parts, and then it was like, actually, you're only in songs where they sing Into the Woods over and over and over again. Yes. Yes, there's like not really a chorus in that play. We both were in most of the musicals in junior high and high school. Um, he was also Man on a Train in The Music Man. Oh, with like the cigar? Mm-hmm. What do you, what does it talk? What do you talk? What do you talk? What do you talk? What do you talk? He's, He's a music man. man. <laughs> um, if I asked Cobb, I was like, if you were to play, like if you were to play any character in a musical, like who would you want to play? And then I was like, if you were being typecast, who do you think like would be your perfect fit? And he Ooh, said, if he, that if he could play anybody in a musical, obviously he'd want to be Jean Valjean. Yeah. Okay. But he said, like, based on his, like, voice and personality, he has been told that he would be cast as the, like, revolution leader. What's his name? I don't know what his name is, but he, seen, he sings um, black and red, red and black. Black and, yeah. Red and black. And do you hear the people sing? It's going to bug me. I'm going to have to look up what his name is. Yeah. It's probably French. So <laughs> my apologies in advance to French speakers everywhere. Revolution guy. <laughs> I actually think Detective Chaffee, I had never seen Curtains. It's mm. N, I'll spell it, and then I'll try to say it. E-N-J-O-L-R-A-S. Enjolras! <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, in Curtains, Detective Chaffee is, he's like smart, but also quirky and funny. And that's like definitely Cobb's personality. That felt very much like Cobb. Yeah. I just want you guys to know that, like, he's really great and he has a lot of personality. I just kept it more subdued for this brand. <laughs> Rebecca tried to rein it in. So when you see it, don't be disappointed. There was one other thing that I wanted to tell you. Oh, this is a, just a funny anecdote that made me think of the Dungeons and Dragons thing. So Cobb's on this team and they're all software developers. And I would say they're like, I don't know what's the word. You know, the software developer stereotype of like the guy who's in the basement with a can of Mountain Dew and hasn't showered. Yes. Wearing a hoodie. Yes. Cobb's company is definitely not that. They're like dressy developers, (laughs) lack of a better explanation, but they are still very nerdy. Okay. Um, I'm trying to think at our, when we all came to Dallas and we had a family talent show, Mm -hmm. what were the talents that people nominated Cobb for? Uh, I remember he had to sing. Yeah, that was it. He had to sing his solo from Curtains, and I nominated him to impersonate a boa constrictor. (laughs) Both of which he did very well. Yes, he did. Oh, Oh, he's a classical guitarist. You should. Oh, yes, yes, he's a classical guitarist. He plays the guitar really well. You know those guys who play the guitar and like use it to try and get girls, and you think it's super obnoxious, and you're like, nobody likes listening to John Mayer. Yeah, that always really bugged me. It's Jack Johnson. That or Jack Johnson. Like listening to. Yeah. And now that I'm married, I'm like, just sit in the plate. <laughs> Malfunction. Abby's microphone just uh, has a death wish. It may have plunged into my lap, but I want to tell everybody on the record, this time my microphone is not only plugged in and nearby, but it's also turned on. That is a miracle. Yeah. We've had a lot of bad audio and it's mostly my fault. Honestly, it's just a lot harder than I thought to have good audio. Yeah. Okay, I think that's that paints a good picture of Cobb. I was going to say, I'll just say it. I won't preface <laughs> it. Of all these things we've said about Cobb, how do you narrow it down for somebody that you know so well? Yeah, so that's why it's a little bit different 
if I was doing a brand for just his personality. Yeah. Versus what we decided with Cobb is that he wants a brand for him as a consultant. So for that, we still want to include elements of his personality, but we also want it to resonate with his ideal client. And so you're kind of finding all of the things in that circle. Like what are all the things about Cobb? What are all the things about his ideal client? And then you find the sweet spot between them where it's like, okay. Rebecca, those of you who cannot see, which is all of you, because this is a podcast, (laughs) Rebecca is making a Venn diagram with her hands. Yes. Yes. I think I've talked about this before. Everything that you are, everything that your ideal clients are, put it together. Pretend it's stew. What's that line from? Pretend it's beef. I'm on a Les Mis kick, obviously. (laughs) So that was kind of the approach for his brand. So let me just tell you the things that we talked through. I was like, okay, we're creating a brand so that you can do a side hustle as a consultant. Go in and talk to companies about any of their technology concerns or problems and help them. And these were the words that Cobb said were important as a consultant. Professional, trustworthy, curious. Ooh, I like that. Mhm. Streamlined. He actually said smooth, like frictionless. That was kind of a concept that came up. How do we show that this will be a smooth process for people? I like that also because there's a there's a sciency aspect to it. Yes. But also there's I can imagine there's visuals that go along with that, but it it checks right. out with Cobb because he is he is a person who has creative skills, but he's not in a creative field, right? He's in right. a technical field. Right, exactly. Well, and I also like that because it's a physical word and what Cobb is doing is not physical, it's digital. Yeah. So there's kind of like this dual nature of it. Like he was actually talking me through there's this like model of computer programming that basically says like, first you have to have a cable, like a literal physical cable to run the internet. And it goes all the way up through like the actual application that you're building and how like, like you can't have one without the other. Like you have to have the physical elements to have the digital elements, but the physical elements are pointless if there's no digital elements, you know? Interesting. Anyway, so I liked that. And then the other thing was forward thinking. Hmm. And the something that I've noticed with Cobb's work is that there's a lot of like anticipation. Like they talk about how consultants, like the way that you make your clients happy is that you anticipate their needs and you fill them. Like you anticipate what their problems are going to be or what their opportunities are going to be and you take care of them. And that's- I like that. That's basically Paraveda's approach on how they retain- clients and have these great relationships is they're like, we just try to anticipate their needs. And we think beyond just the project that they're giving us right now to like, how will this affect their business in 10, 15, 20 years, 50 years? Yeah. You know? So I really like that. So those were kind of like the words that were coming to mind. And then we also have these things about Cobb where like, we know that he is a little bit understated Like he's not super flashy in your face, but he's also like the more that you talk to him, the more you realize like, oh, he has a lot of ideas and knowledge about lots of different things. So I wanted something that kind of felt like it had layers to it where like the more you talk to him or the more you get to know him or the more you explore him and his personality, the more you get, the more you appreciate him. And then- Is what you're saying ogre? 
just have layers. <laughs> exactly. And then the other thing is I looked at other consultants and consulting firms and what they were doing. And that's kind of like I've talked about before, where you're walking this line of you want to look enough like them that people can say like, oh, he's a consultant. Right. But not so much like them that it's like, oh, is that just exactly the same? Like you want something that is distinct and different. Right. I'm going to share my Pinterest board first because I want to show you some of the things that I liked about other brands. So you can see like when you first look at this Pinterest board, what's There's the primary such... color? The primary color is digital blue. Mm-hmm. And it has such a clear color scheme to me. Like everything is modified primary colors, basically. 100%. Yes. Interesting. Yeah. I really like some of these that had some green in there because I felt like that was just like a little bit fresh, a little bit interesting. I went, but I'm noticing, sorry to interrupt you, but all of, all of the individual pins that have a green element have leaves or true. Abby just disappeared. Yes. Sorry. Okay. Well, what I was, what I was saying before I got sabotaged by technology was Rebecca was saying, oh, there's lots of blue, but like, I really like the color schemes on my Pinterest board that have lots of green. But looking at them, every single time that I see green on this page, I see it next to a leaf or a tree. So it's clearly trying to be like the nature brands have that. Yes. And I don't think that always has to be true, you know, but I do think like if you're going to use green, it's going to have to look like a more digital green. Yeah. Like there's a kind of a, like a lime green or like a teal in some mm-hmm. of these that does a little bit better. Right. Even like the digital blue. I know we talked about this in our color episode, but when I'm talking about a digital color, what I typically mean is a color that would be very hard to print. Yeah. It would be so, so like, it would take so much ink. It would ruin a brand right. new printer. Exactly. So what I ended up choosing for Cobb is I leaned heavy into the blue, but then I wanted to do one accent poppy color of orange. Ooh, okay. Because I wanted something that felt a little bit like unexpected. Yeah. Because I felt like that kind of tied into that like curious, inquisitive vibe. And also the forward thinking vibe, like anticipating, it's like we're thinking about what could happen or what could be. So I wanted something that kind of felt a little bit surprising instead of just like, this is all blue. Right. Dark blue, light blue, medium blue. Right. There you go. There's this pin that I really loved that was like super basic, but I felt like it was really well designed that was just blue, white, and gray. And I was like, like like, that's really, really classy. But I was like, there's an aspect of personality that's missing here. And it doesn't look like a tech consultant. It looks like... Right. It looks like more legal to me. Yeah. No offense. No offense to my lawyer friends. But yeah, it does. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe we should do L is for lawyer. L is for lawyer. We could do that. Something like that. Anyway, so that was kind of my inspiration for his brand. And I, um, you can see here... I know that these are mostly the logos, but one thing that I was kind of playing around with is this idea of shapes and lines Uh and the way that different lines can create different shapes depending on how you combine them. I know that sounds so obvious, but one of like the basic principles of design is called the Dressault principle, 
which you've probably seen. But if you have three circles that are arranged around each other in a certain way with the corners cut out, your eye can see the triangle between those circles, even though there's not actually a triangle there. It's three circles. Right. Right. So the idea is that like your eyes fill in or your brain fills in details that aren't there based on the way things are put together design-wise. Is that the same? Like the whole is greater than the sum of its parts? Yes. Okay. Yes. That's another just salt principle. There's another one that basically talks about grouping. So like if you have, for example, let's say you have six circles, three across, three across you're going to perceive those circles as all being the same. Imagine how that changes if the one on the top right is actually a square. You immediately perceive like these are the same and this is different, even though it's the same arrangement, right? So you can play that in lots of different ways. And that's like super, super basic, but that's one of those things that you first learn about design and you're like, oh, this is actually a principle that I can use to create different feelings for different products, for different businesses to do different things. Like it ends up being this super powerful thing, even though it's like very, very basic. Yeah. Okay. So let me show you Cobb's brand. And I want you to start by just look at the colors and the logo. Tell me what you see. Tell me what you notice first about it. Okay. So So I'm only looking at the colors and the logo. On these. Okay, so here's what I see on the screen. The background is a digital blue, but it has a little bit more depth to it. I would I would call it digital ocean blue. Yeah. So that's the background color. And then the logo is Cobb's initials, JNP, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. the letters are all combined. So the stem of the J also turns into the N. And Mm -hmm. the other stem of the N turns into the P. And it looks like there's three of them overlaid. Mm -hmm. Yes, yes. So it says J&P Consulting, which to me sounds very consulty. Oh, yes. Yeah. It looks like BCG to me. Yes, it does. But not. it looks different, obviously. Like It's not like you ripped them off. But I, I would see that and be like, oh, yeah, that must be another one of the big four that I haven't heard of. Right. And... I didn't ask Cobb whether he wanted to use his full name or whether he wanted to use his initials. I just opted for the initials because I felt like that gives him room to grow however he wants to use his consulting. Yeah. Initials are typically, they feel a little bit colder, right? Because it's a little bit more abstract, it's a little bit more vague, but that can also be perceived as like more corporate and more professional. Right. So I felt like that was a good option for him rather than doing like Cobb's consulting class. <laughs> Cobb's you know? consulting with two Ks. Right. Like J. Cobb's professional technology consultants. Yeah. If it was like Cobb's tech bros, I would love that. But that's just like not his brand. Right. Right. I also think because Cobb has, I wouldn't say a generic name, but I'm sure he's not the only person with his first and last name in. Yes. Even the DFW. So I think the initials are honestly smart. Yeah. One thing that Cobb always says when he's giving people like his email or something is he says N as in Nancy. And I'm like, (laughs) when you say that, people are going to think that your middle name is Nancy. It could be his mom's name is Nancy. 
His mom's name is Nancy, so it could totally work. Oh, gosh. Okay, should I talk about the okay. colors, too? Yeah, tell tell us about the colors. Okay, so I also am seeing Rebecca's chosen color scheme. So it looks like there's a the white color, or the equivalent, is like a gray. Mm-hmm. And then you have a very bright orange. Mm-hmm. It's not like a neon orange. It's like a warm sunshine orange. Mm-hmm. Then a navy blue, a lighter blue, and then that digital ocean blue color. Mm-hmm. Did you give yes. these ones brand names too? <laughs> well, I was going to say the orange color is actually like Ethernet cable orange. Oh my gosh. <laughs> like, that's literally what I was thinking. I was like, these are all like really pretty, like really flowy colors. Like, it has like that smooth, stream- like streamlined feeling. Yeah. And then I wanted that curious, unexpected color. And I was like, Honestly, like I'm I'm like looking at the router, I'm like, it's like the color of the Ethernet cable. Yeah. It's just like bright orange. Like you can't miss it. It's like making a statement. And I think that's right where I would want his brand to be. Right. Is like understated, not in your face, but there is this confidence when you use a color like orange or red that's like, I know what I'm doing. Right. I'm not messing around, you know. So let me tell you a couple of details that I love about the logo, because this was something that I've pictured in my mind a lot of times. And like I said, I love this concept of lines and shapes and how combining lines creates new shapes that weren't, wouldn't be there before. So I had, um, Cobb will sometimes sign his name like this, where it's JNP and it's all connected. Uh-huh. So like you were saying, like the stem of the J is the back of the N, which is the back of the P, you know, like all blends together. And so I liked that. But I was like, I want something that feels even more connected. And I wanted it to kind of feel like a flow chart, you know, where you have like two options and then you choose one and it goes to the next one. Anyway, you'll see a lot of those in like data architecture type things. And in, I'm thinking of like consultant slide decks that are just yes. full of flow charts. Oh my gosh. Yes. They love their flow charts. So I, I started doing like layering these on top of one another. And then what I basically did was I just combined the shapes. So the strongest visual lines are these three diagonal lines that go down and then up with the N. Yeah. Which I also liked because I felt like that kind of created like a progress chart where it's like there's going to be ups and downs, but it's eventually leading your eye up and around. So I like that the logo kind of creates this. I'm drawing like a clockwise circle with my finger. Because that's the direction that I want your eye to go. Like it starts at the left, it goes up, down, up, and then around and kind of starts over again. Yeah. And that's one thing that I like to think about with logos is like, where is it telling your eye to go? Yeah, it definitely has movement to it. Yes. I I even think the because you've layered it across each other and there's three of each line, Mm -hmm. there's something that's a little bit architectural about it too. Yes. But it also, as to me, a layperson who doesn't understand the inner workings of technology, it also looks like, oh, is this what a microchip looks like? Yes. Yeah. There's a little bit. I didn't intend this, but when I look at it, I'm like, I can kind of see like a circuit board. Yeah. In there, which I, again, I think is appropriate. Cobb doesn't actually do anything with hardware. It always makes me laugh when people are like, can you come fix this printer and our parents like, no. being like can you fix the printer and he's like not no my job literally literally i think mom and dad asked him to fix the boom box yeah 
Because our parents like, are still listening to CDs. <laughs> yes. The only people in the world. And he's like, I think you should just take it back to Radio Shack. <laughs> also, like, you and they're like, we can't. <laughs> Doesn't exist anymore. Oh, my gosh. So one thing that I would include that I haven't created yet, but I would take these same lines and I would create a pattern out of that. So I would have almost like a plaid pattern where you have the diagonal and the straight. And I would use that as just like a subtle background or texture on like a website or a like LinkedIn profile page. Yeah, kind I of like thing. that. I also really liked, this was a design that I found myself leaning towards as like kind of this straight, like straight lines and circular lines. Uh-huh. And I like that because those are the shapes in his name. Like you have the curve of the J and the curve of the P and the straightness. Well, that's this. also the the ones and zeros of binary code. So exactly, like it's and and it's this combination of consulting is equal parts like solving a problem and doing things the right way, and also like we were saying, being creative. Yeah, it's an and art finding and science. new solutions. Exactly. Um, so this shape, what I like about this, there's this is an example from Pinterest, but it's like an arch shape, but then there's a circle picture in it, and I really liked that treatment. Yeah. Because it felt like this blend of like the structure and the creativity. Anyway, so that's basically how I imagine his brand. And I would maybe if I was adding on to it, I would do something under here that would say like data analytics infrastructure or something like that. Yeah. Just like super, super clear. This is exactly what it is kind of vibe. So this is one where it would be like less creative in terms of the logo and like the color treatment of things, but like maybe you do something creative for like a photo shoot or for your social media posts or something like that. Yeah, that kind of takes me into for for someone like Cobb that is, it, it's not a personal brand in the sense that he's not trying to be an influencer, right? Right. And it is a services contract, but he's also an expert. Like, where does this brand end up going? Because I guess right yeah. now, right now he could put his initials on his LinkedIn, and he, you know, he could brand mm. if he if he had a blog where he was talking about issues in tech consulting or keeping track of his projects, like a digital portfolio. But I'm just curious where where does this end up for him? Yeah, so I I'd probably use the like the monogram by itself. I wouldn't put the consulting on there, um, and I would just use that as like a little icon in the corner as a watermark kind of thing. So I'm like tiptoeing my way into labeling myself more and more as like focusing on personal brands. Uh And have I already given you this speech? I feel like I've ranted about this. Maybe I've just ranted about it to Cobb. Have I given you my spiel about what a personal brand is? Uh, If you have, I'll stop you and say, yes, you have. Okay. Here is in my opinion, what a personal brand is. Because when I'm talking about creating a personal brand, I'm really not talking about being an influencer where it's like, this is my name and I am my brand. What I'm talking about with a personal brand is a business that has elements of your unique personality and perspectives and values in the business because what you're selling is your own expertise, your own skills, your own products. Okay. So- in my mind, that's a personal brand. I don't think having a personal brand means that you have to be an influencer. I don't think that it means you have to share everything about your life online. I do think it means that you have to have some kind of 
space where you exist online, but like you can choose what that is. And I think it can be very minimal. But what it really means is that your business is attached to what you personally believe and value and think. Okay. I like that. So my next question is for for someone who exists in the corporate world mm-hmm. and who's not the not a small business owner, is there still the same need to have a personal brand? Okay, so like do, do I just end up rewriting what the what the consulting firm's bio is about me to match some of these brands? You, you know like where where do I yeah. go to express the truest essence of my personality when I also want the comfort of a corporate job? <laughs> Yes. And I think that's something that like, we don't know, like we get to figure that out because having a personal brand separate from your corporate career is like a new thing. But the other thing that I was going to say is I actually read a super interesting study that talked about the personality and demeanor of the CEO of a company has an effect on the company's brand perception, even for like super, super big companies like Coca-Cola and Microsoft. So like, yeah, I would believe you, like, that you can't separate it. Right. Yeah. Cause like you even see that, like when, when Disney gets a new CEO, people are like, Oh, that totally changed the vibe of the company. Right. Like CEOs are extremely powerful, influential people. So I think, I think it is super relevant to have a personal brand and kind of like we were saying at the beginning, I don't think there's if you, if you exist online you have a personal brand. It just might not be very consistent or good. Yeah. Right. I guess so. That. Better to create the one that you want than to end up with a brand that you're like this doesn't exactly reflect who I am or what I believe but like it's what people think of me so yeah. what can I do now, you yeah. know. That's a good point. Okay, here's an example that everyone can understand. What was the, what was the question that you asked originally? Hmm, that's a great question. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I you said like what's the difference between a personal brand or what is a personal brand or well I was something saying like that. if Cobb's going to keep his corporate job which he likes and is good at, yeah. does he need this brand where would he even put it? Yeah. And the truth and is And then I like, said he's if- not a personal brand and you said ah ha ha, but he is. Yeah. Okay, this is so interesting. <laughs> because If Cobb never had any desire to do anything except be an employee at his company, he probably wouldn't need a personal brand, right? Not in the same way that you like that I'm creating these personal brands where they have like their own distinct look and feel and messaging and all that, right? Like his personal brand would just be basically his reputation as an employee and that would be it. But let's suppose that Cobb wants to become like a vice president of his company and he wants to be responsible for bringing in new clients and moving the company forward, then a personal brand is important. Interesting. Because he's part of growing the company. So here's the example that I would use. Steve Jobs as a personal brand, Mm -hmm. Apple as a business brand, right? Two separate entities. Steve Jobs, for example, wasn't using his personal brand. Like he didn't have like Steve Jobs consulting on the side. But he definitely had a personal brand in the sense that he had a distinct image. He had personality and his values were very, very imbued into Apple. Yeah. And so what I would argue is that in that sense, Apple is also a personal brand 
Yes. Because it was a direct reflection of what Steve Jobs believed about technology and design and people and all these things, right? right? And I read a really interesting study of CEOs across various size companies and the demeanor and personality and attitudes of the CEO has a direct effect on the culture and the growth of the company. And that's true whether or not- And like, probably the stock performance too, right? Yes. Yes, exactly. Like look at Elon Musk and Tesla. Okay. Another example, like he has a personal brand. Tesla is his business, but like Tesla is built on what he values and what his identity right. is. And they are separate kind they are, of. Yeah, they are separate. But intertwined. Yeah. Elon Musk, we don't think is a machine. <laughs> We're not completely we, convinced that he's are not a robot. open to the possibility that he <laughs> is also just the Tesla mainframe. But as far right. as we know, could be human. Right. So like for my own business, Rebecca Peterson Studio, I treat that as a personal brand. I haven't branded myself, Rebecca Peterson, the designer, as separate from the business. Yeah. Maybe one day I'll separate those more, but I don't really have an interest in being a separate brand from my business. The only reason I want to have a brand is to grow my business. So in yeah. that sense, they're like intertwined. I think depending on your goals... They're going to be more one or more separate. But I really believe that like anybody who wants to succeed in business needs a personal brand. Right. Like, and I was live thinking- in a day and age where that's just a non-negotiable. Right. I was thinking about my my background, which is like legal work, government work. Mm -hmm. and, and I can think of people. Like, it's true, these people weren't posting on blogs about stuff necessarily, but, like, from working with them, I can tell you who has the personality of, like, oh, this person is always working on this, like, really weird case. <laughs> yes. Even if even if they're talking about, like, a very simple, this is a contractual dispute, this is a landlord-tenant dispute, whenever you talk to this guy, he always has a spin on it that's, like, he's found the coolest, quirkiest way mm -hmm. of, like, being in the law, and I... I admire that because I think people can see a lawyer job or a corporate job is really stifling. Mm -hmm. But I do think there is a lot of creativity to it. And there's a lot of, like you're saying about Cobb, curiosity and discovering mm -hmm. new things. But even at a at a bigger law firm where I have worked in the past, I could tell you like, oh, this is the person who has the reputation for being a really good writer. This is mm -hmm. someone who's really great with clients and you want to go to lunch with them. Mm-hmm you kind of know by reputation. And I think being intentional about that, even in how you're describing yourself on the firm bio and stuff like that, I think is also mm -hmm. going to be useful long-term. Yeah. One of the like metrics that I use when I'm creating a brand, specifically like the strategy part, is I try to be able to say, your brand is all about X and have it be like just it doesn't have to be like one sentence or two sentences. Like there's no rule, but it's like, I want to be able to explain really succinctly, like, this is what your brand's all about. Yeah. And it should instantly give people a vibe. So like a couple of years ago, I did a brand. I hate to bring it to you, Rebecca, but we have outlawed, yeah. we have outlawed the word vibe. Oh, I forgot. On this podcast. <laughs> instantly, Sorry. instantly gives you a feeling, gives you a feeling and gives you a knowing of like, oh, I... I think I get what that brand is about. Yeah. Right. So for example, a couple of years ago, I did a brand for a knife company, which was cool because 
99% of the time I'm working with women and this was a very male focused brand and they like had a brand, they had a good following. They just felt like they were missing that thing. Like what is it that makes us us, right? And so we do the strategy. French, uh, French again, that uh, je ne sais quoi. Je ne sais quoi. Yes, exactly. Like what is <laughs> what is that thing? We can play that music here now. And so, you know, we talked about their ideal clients. We talked about their beliefs and blah, blah, blah. And like all of that stuff is super important. Put that all together. And I still felt like I didn't have that thing. Like I was like, I don't, I don't feel like I have a way of saying this is what your brand is all about. Anyway. And so I was sitting there and I was going through what the CEO was telling me, like why he carries a knife. These are like everyday carry knives, right? Like not like pocket knives, but an elevated pocket knife, essentially. And he said something. Like a, he was a like, utility knife, not a kitchen knife. Right. Yeah. A utility knife. Exactly. And he said something along the lines of, well, like I believe in working. So I work a lot. So I have a knife so I can work. And he just like, he had this, this like belief about why work is good for you. And that became their thing. Like we believe in work. We believe that work is important. We believe that work is good for you. We're not afraid of work. Like it became kind of this like manifesto for them. And that became the thing for their knives. Right. This is, this is, and, and it wasn't like, well, are these people who are working with knives? No, not necessarily, but it was that belief that was drawing people to them. Like these are for people who believe in work, who believe that work is important and that it's good for you and that it's worthwhile and that you should like that your life should involve work. And it was like, once it's interesting. we had that piece, like it came together. Yeah. It's interesting to hear you say that because, uh, so I've had computer difficulties tonight. So I, Rebecca can't see say. me. <laughs> We've had we've had our own struggles, but Rebecca can't see me on the Zoom that we're recording. And so she couldn't see my facial expressions. But when you were saying like, oh, it's a knife company, I was immediately like, oh, chef knives. And then you were like, mm-hmm. no, it's a carry knife. And I was like, oh, it's a pocket knife. And you were like, mm-hmm. no, not quite. But when you described mm-hmm. like, this is a man who believes in hard work, I was like, yes. I can see the knife. Exactly. In my mind. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, because I said this on my Instagram stories the other day, but I was like, it's really not about what you're selling. It's how you sell it that tells people what you're selling. Like we do it backwards where we're like, I'm selling a knife. I'm selling a knife. And it's like, nobody wants to buy a knife. When you talk about like, (laughs) I believe in working hard. It feels really good to put in a hard day's work. All of a sudden people are like, oh, well then I need to buy that knife so that I can do that because I believe that too. Right. I just think that's like, I, that's so cool to me that we can do that. Yeah, that's very interesting. And that it's not like, to me, that's not manipulative. That's like tapping into our humanness or like things that we just intrinsically believe or know and calling them out so people can say like, yeah, I believe that too. Well, and how nice would it be if everybody who's selling you something on the internet is selling you something that is connected to the most true thing they believe? Right. Right. Like I'm not just here to sell you this cheap plastic crap because yeah, I want I want more money for my nice white kitchen, but that it could be like right. This is something that I really, really believe in. The truest thing I believe is this, and this is a tool to help you get that. Like who wouldn't want to yes. buy that? Yes, exactly. And going back to like how people get it backwards, 
one of the things that the CEO talked about is he's like, these are really high quality knives. Like we have this warranty. We really stand behind them. They work really well, blah, blah, blah. We could have led with that. Right. But like, yeah. so what? Like nobody cares that your knife does what it's supposed to do. Right. But people like, care that there's a belief behind all, it. All knives resonate. are sharp, Jim. Exactly. Exactly. Anyway, so I can't remember how I got on that tangent, but. Yeah, that's really cool. Yeah, that's what you try and capture. Have you, my last question for you, which I love in this context, if you were doing a brand photo shoot for cop. <laughs> okay, so. If you could ma'am. send him to hair and makeup. Oh my gosh. So many things. I feel like in his industry, there is so little room for creativity. Like if he was actually trying to like start this consulting business and get, you know, million, billion dollar clients, I would not do this. But since he's not doing that, if I was just going for like a fun LinkedIn post, I would do something. I always imagine like these like juxtaposed environments, but like him on a computer in the clouds, right? (laughs) That's like, I'll build your cloud structure, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. I also feel like you could do a lot of cheeky things with, you know, how in We've also outlawed cheeky. (laughs) Oh my gosh, I forgot. Seriously, like you could play a drinking game with the number of times that I say cheeky and vibe. But you know how in movies, there's always like a hacker who's sitting at a screen and it's like a black screen with green type. And they're like, I can't just hack through the mainframe like that. And then they're like, but I'll do it anyway. (laughs) I feel like you could do something like that where it's like in a like a space station type room and looks like he's got this huge display kind of thing going. It's hard because I think sometimes there are negative stereotypes, like I mentioned, with software developers or coders. And so you want to avoid that. Yeah. But the other thing is because his work is digital. I would try to do something maybe more analog, like him like writing code with pencil and paper. Like I know that you wouldn't actually do that, but something to show that like I'm a well-rounded thinker. I'm not just a person behind a computer because I think that's a big part of Bob's work as a consultant and what Paraveda does is talking to people face-to-face, really understanding their problems and really building relationships, not just building a specific piece of software. So I would try to do something like that, maybe like him at a whiteboard or him like discussing something over lunch, like something that shows this is real world application of a digital thing. Yeah. What would he wear? What's the wardrobe for this photo shoot? I mean, he'd have to wear like a boring suit. (laughs) Like he would look very nice, obviously. Thought about like, what if you did something where it, looks like he's in like a computer so it looks like he's a small dress him up as like an elect an electricity spark like a little lightning bolt you're gonna make him be clippy (laughs) (laughs) clippy oh my gosh maybe he's yeah maybe he should have like a some kind of uh what's the word for an animal that's like a human like a familiar no like a like a when you give an animal human traits personification anamorphication what is yeah. the word anthropomorphic anthropomorphic there you go thank you yeah here's the thing okay we should have said this very first in this episode the number one thing you need to know about Cobb 
is that Cobb hates Olaf the snowman. From oh my gosh. <laughs> so I actually, it what if fills it, him with rage? Fills him with physical rage. Um, you also didn't notice on the Disney Plus account, we changed everyone's avatar over the weekend. Oh, you did? Did you change his to Olaf? Ty, Ty was on a rampage. And so, yes, we changed everyone's. <laughs> We changed Andrews into Bernard from the Rescuers. <laughs> we changed. I thought Andrews was C three PO for a while, which I felt like was very. That was very fitting. You mentioned we, that in Andrews brand. We changed Mom to Mother Gothel. We changed ours to say to be Stitch because that's what our baby's teeth look like right now. Anyways, oh my gosh, so true. Because Cobb hates Olaf the Snowman so much. What if we just really leaned into that and it's like Cobb, <laughs> Barry, and Clippy. <laughs> Like he's murdering him. I do think you could do something. This is like a a serious option, but to do a photo shoot at a data center, which you could probably never do because of privacy and security and whatnot. But I do think that would be really cool. Gotta be so hot in those places. Oh yeah, I think it's so so hot. He toured the one at BYU, and it was he was fascinated by it. It was really cool. So you could do something like that, right? Yeah. So I probably, honestly, if I was going to like do some photos, if he was building out this thing, I would do a couple that would have some of like this computer hardware kind of element just to drive home. Like this is technology and computer focused, but then I would have the bulk of them be people relationship problem solving focused Yeah, to show like, this is the vibe of the consulting that you're getting. This is not like a Fiverr, I'll build you a quick application. Right. Kind of business. I like that. Yeah. So if you see his brand on on LinkedIn, you know, know who to blame. Me. Thank you so much, everyone, for joining us. I hope you'll look up Cobb's brand either on our Instagram or on the podcast page. And can't wait to see you next week for our episode on branding and the Enneagram. Talk to you soon. Bye. Thanks for joining us today. We hope you enjoyed listening to Aesthetically Speaking. If you want to support the podcast, please leave us a nice review or connect with us on Instagram at Rebecca Peterson Studio. 